Why does a man want to be a cyborg and have an antenna implanted in his head? Can the merge between a human and technology actually mean a closer step to nature instead of the opposite? This is Brain Food with Lydia. Hello, Neil Harbison. Hello. <laughs> How do you feel? Okay, thank you. Have you ever been to Sweden before? It has to be my qu first yes, question. Yes, 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 I have, yes. Why? Um, I guess I came to speak at some event. But, uh, I have a, a chaos in my mind of uh, reasons. I, I, don't, I don't have a clear memory of the places I've been and why I have to solve this problem because uh, for the last 20 years I've been traveling a lot and I haven't written down exactly everything that I've done so yes I've been to Sweden sev several times but mm. I'm not sure where I went and what I did <laughs> <laughs> sounds spooky <laughs> I spoke at some events uh, about uh, art or cyborg art and then um, why do you have an antenna in your head? Because uh, I decided to extend my senses. Uh, I wanted to sense colors. Um, and then I created this antenna and then I had it implanted. And now it allows me to sense colors that go beyond human perception from infrareds to ultraviolets. So you have created a, a sort of sixth sense? Well, I, I don't think we have five senses. I think we have many. Well, we do have many more. But this is a popular saying of saying sixth sense. But it's not entirely sure. We have many more senses than five. We have the sense of balance, the sense of gravity, thermoception, sensing if something is hot or cold. Uh, many, many more senses. So common sense, sense of humor. There's, so we have a list of senses. But what we might have is just five sensory organs which is uh, like eyes, ears, tongue. And then what I have, the antenna might, might be a sixth sensory organ. Yeah. Why did you, or how did you come up with the idea to actually uh, prolong your senses with an antenna? I was studying music composition and I was asked to use technology in my music compositions. That's how it started. First, um, the idea was creating a system to hear colors, and I liked it so much to compose music with color that I decided to to start wearing the technology. But then wearing it wasn't very comfortable, so I thought that having it as an organ would be much more interesting. So it came in from an artistic context, but it has changed my life, not only my art. So. <laughs> Life and art have, have merged, basically. And I was always interested in color because I was born colorblind. So color was always uh, an interest of sensing it or trying to find ways of sensing color. So both things came together, like my passion or interest in color and my musical challenges on using technology in my music. Uh, uh, you, you come from a culture where, where mothers are important. I, I do that too. So my first question has to be, what did your mother say? When you wanted to do this, 
she didn't like it because uh, back in 2003 and 2004 there were lots of news about antenna mobile phone antennas being very dangerous uh, the antennas could be harming us and then if I told her that I would I had the idea of implanting an antenna in my head she didn't like it because it sounded really bad <laughs> but now she's completely used to it I, I'm laughing because if my son would come and say that, I would also be very, very worried. But um, maybe you can calm us a little bit when we have spoken what, what this is all about. So uh, just so I understand it clearly, you have uh, uh, used technology to hear colors. Would you also use technology to actually see the colors again? No, I say that I hear colors, but it's actually a, a new sense. Because if I was deaf, I would still be sensing colors. And if I was blind, I would also be sensing colors through the antenna. So it's a new sensory input, which is a vibration inside the bone that becomes an inner sound. So hearing the color is actually an, a secondary effect. But what I actually receive is different vibrations in my head depending on the frequency of the color. So red has a lower vibration than violet, for example. But these vibrations become inner sounds. So my aim was not to use an existing sense to sense color. My aim was not to use my ears to, to sense color or my eyes to sense color. My aim was to create a completely new sensory input that would give me an independent sensory organ just for color perception. And that's the antenna. But can you receive anything through that? I mean, do you decide, can you shut it off, for example? Because I can imagine it can be quite overwhelming to, to hear all these sounds all the time. No, uh, it was designed in a way that it would not have an on-off switch because all our senses are always on. We don't have switches for senses. You can close your eyes, you can uh, block your nose, but you can't actually shut down your sense of sight or your sense of smell or hearing so the antenna has no switch but i can block it with my hand for example but i never do that it's just the brain gets used to the new sense at least in my case it got used to my brain got used to it after five months but it was five months of hell i think or yeah of <laughs> yeah <laughs> exhaust it was exhausting and headaches and confusion, chaos, because it's constantly hearing vibrations. Of course. Vibrations, so it's, it was a new world. Uh, what about if you date someone or relations? Do, do they accept the uh, this antenna that's always in the way? <laughs> um... I guess not everyone. As some people will probably stop them, and others it might attract them. I mean, this is a new organ, and it's something that is not very common in society to meet people with new organs. Uh, and I haven't done a profound analysis of how the, <laughs> how it affects relationships, but I guess it does affect relationships. Um, I definitely feel more connected to people that are cyborgs than people who are not. So if someone has technology in their body, I feel automatically a close relation with this person. I know I share 
electricity with this person. We share something that is very rare. So uh, I feel con a connection with people that are cyborgs or people that have technology in the body. Do you have sort of cyborgs communities? We have a um, WhatsApp group, for example, <laughs> of cyborgs. And also, yeah, we created the platform, the Cyborg Foundation, where people who identify as cyborgs or want to become cyborgs or are cyborgs, we have a way of, of meeting or connecting, yes. What kind of people wants to be cyborgs? Do you see a trend or a culture or uh, more males or females? or, or It's usually people who have a, a very curious or have an, a passion of something, like a, a very obsessed maybe with a, something, an element or something specific, like someone who is very obsessed with movement or with radiation or with the weather. In my case, it was color. We have some kind of one thing that we really are passionate about so much that we would merge with technology to perceive it even more or to reveal this element from nature even more. Mm. But you could, uh, if you want, you can expand the function of the antenna, not only for receiving vibrations in your skull from colors. Um, yeah, it can you be used... used for music, I could listen to music instead of color directly into my head or phone calls. Yeah, this same organ can have different uh, functions, but I, I'm sticking just to color perception. But have you tried? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I've tried phone calls. So, you, but the the thing is that when someone calls my head, I I hear the voice, but I, if I answer, they can't hear me because the antenna has no microphone so i can hear voices in my head if someone calls my head but i can't reply because the antenna was not designed to send sound uh, let me put it this way I, I understand why you shot that function up to hear voices in your head <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little bit too much <laughs> uh, so neil i i, I presume this was difficult to sort of make it legally. Which doctor is saying, yeah, hi, Neil, sure, I will do this for you? Well, I tried to do it legally. So I presented the surgery, the antenna surgery, to a bioethical committee, but the bioethical committee concluded it was not ethical because it's not a pre-existing organ, because it's not a pre-existing sense. It's not regenerating something that existed, so they didn't find it ethical, and they were worried about the image the hospital would have. If someone came out with an antenna, what would people think about the hospital? So they said no, but then a doctor, well, I was in touch with a doctor that said he would do it, but anonymously, and then the surgery was done in Barcelona. And maybe one day, when this maybe becomes more normalized, then I can name the doctor, and then we can... You know, talk about it, and he can have it on his curriculum. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, could you describe actually how the antenna is imported in your your skull? I have seen it, uh, but can you explain how how it actually looks? So, it's so you know, there's a fiber optic that's inside the antenna, and it goes right inside my skull at the back of my head 
and that's where there's a receptor that detects the color, the dominant color in front of me. And then this color is transformed into a vibration in my bone. So then I feel the vibration of the color inside my head. That's one implant. The other two implants are, are to hold the structure of the antenna. And the fourth implant is Bluetooth that allows me to connect to the internet. And then I can receive colors from other places. And that's how I can also receive phone calls. Uh, you told me before that um, you allowed other people to connect with you, uh, and that wasn't a very good, good idea because everybody sent a lot of colors, I think. Hmm. Yeah, so I gave five uh, connections to my head so people could send colors uh, remotely. Um, there was also a, a moment it was in a gallery, an art gallery, where people from the gallery were able to send colors to my head. So any time of the day, my color perception could be altered by the audience. And then I was hacked. Someone without permission sent colors to my head. So it was interesting, but not very safe. And then I decided to stop these internet connections and just have one a way of connecting to my head via the blockchain. So using an NFT, it's, which is a digital art form that is it's super safe. It's impossible to hack uh, or to destroy. So then if you buy this NFT, then you have access to my head and then you can send colors. And it's only one person at a time. So now it's much safer and less chaotic. I imagine... I'm sorry if I all smile all the time because this is so amazing in a way. But uh, the other thought that that comes pops up in my head is that uh, to stick out in in the world today, it's sometimes challenging with your looks or with your ethnic looks or how you speak, etc. Uh, do most people react positively to your looks now? It really depends. In, you can have all kinds of reactions in one moment. In one street, you walk down the street and you can have opposite uh, reactions. Um, some people just laugh because they see someone with an antenna and they, they find it funny. Others find it very strange and they look worried. Others ask. Others know what it is. Others think that they know what it is. Um, some people are really against it, but these are usually online. They think that this is against humanity or against God um, and that we should not merge with technology. And others are the opposite. They're fun really obsessed that this is the super good and it's even better than it is. So some people are... Uh, they exaggerate. Yeah, all all kinds of reactions, and through all these nineteen years now, I think I've experienced all all kind all kinds of reactions because the antenna is so visible that it creates social reactions every day. So I talk to strangers every single day. Have you had this? view on technology for 19 years. I, I mean, did you have the antenna for, uh, 19 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Since March 22nd, 2004. So, so it will be the 20th anniversary in March. 
But it's not the same antenna, is it? The same antenna as you uh, started with. Well, it's basically the same, but what it changes is the cover. Mm -hmm. This is a cover that keeps getting loose, so I change the cover inside. I also change the lens at the... In the beginning, it was facing people. Now it's facing down, so that people feel less, um, I don't know, attacked by the antenna. <laughs> attacked, um, yes. And the sense has expanded. Yeah, in 2004, it was just 25 colors. Then I, through the years, it went to 360 colors. Then in, later, I added infrared and ultraviolet in 2009, I think. In 2012-13, I started adding the internet experiments with internet connections. So yeah, it keeps evolving. The advantage of having a cybernetic organ is that it keeps evolving during your life. It doesn't degenerate like the other senses. It actually gets better because technology keeps getting better, so a part of you can get better. But do you stop here, or will you do any more experiments or, or um, expand your technology incorporated in your body in some other ways? Yeah, I like um, time. I, I really like the sense of time. So I'm working on this crown that will go around my head and it will give me... It will be a point of heat that will take 24 hours to go around the head. So like a Gloria, like a... Yes. Yeah, like a crown. Like a crown, yeah. But it can go between the skin and the bone. And then it's, if you feel the point of heat in the center of your forehead, it means it's 12 o'clock solar time in London. Then if you feel it in the right ear, it means that the sun is starting to shine in the US. So you feel where the sun is shining. And this will give you a sense of time. But then the aim is to see if when the brain gets used to it, by changing the speed of the point of heat, you can change your perception of time. So my aim is to create time illusions to see if we can modify time perception by having an organ specifically designed for time perception. And this crown is going to be under the skin? First it will be outside to test it. Uh, and then the aim, yes, there's a lot of space between the skin and the bone in the head. There's nothing else here, just bone and skin. So it could be at least partially implanted, yes. Is this purpose uh, for more for scientific reasons, for artistic reasons, or because Neil is Neil? For both art and science, I think it, both are inseparable in cyborg art. Uh, and it's also social. It has social implications this art because it uh, modifies a citizen or it modifies a, a person a human uh, so it touches a lot of subjects identity philosophy psychology it affects um, but yeah there is no separation between science and art in these cases we need science to create the organs but we we need the the freedom that art gives us which is the aim is to explore, to experience, and then to express ourselves maybe through these new senses. What do you hope to inspire to? That people do the same or what kind of message would you like to give with your um, 
Well, there's lots of things that we are not sensing and that we could sense, uh, that we can reveal elements from reality that are in front of us and that have always been in front of us, but we've never been able to sense as a species and how this can actually allow us to get closer to nature or to Earth. Sensing the rotation of the planet um, is something that we are now witnessing, but we're not feeling the rotation of the planet. So this organ will allow me to feel the rotation of the planet. Sensing infrared and ultraviolets are colors that are in front of us all day, but we don't sense them. So it's simply that technology can allow us to reconnect with nature and also with other species, because these are senses that many species have, or organs that other species have, so it can also connect us with other species and be less isolated. So instead of the first impression that you want to come closer to technology, this has a bigger purpose, you want to come closer to nature. Yeah, my aim is not technology, my aim is nature and getting closer to other species as well. And the way of doing it is by merging with technology right now. Maybe in the future it will be by genetically modifying ourselves. So this antenna might be 3D printed with my own DNA. Uh, I might be able to add sensors by modifying my genes instead of using chips. But now we need wires and chips. and So that's why I'm using technology. During these 20 years, what... what what kind of reaction do you get from people? Has those reactions changed? I mean, people that are, are your neighbors probably are used to you now, but when you travel and so on, has, has it changed for, for these two decades? Yeah, a lot. So there was no conversation 20 years ago. If I said this is an end and then to hear color, people would laugh. They would think it was a joke. Most people thought it was a joke. It was impossible to hear color. But you were very early then with hmm. these kind of things. Yeah, yeah very unusual in 2004 it was so most people thought it was not uh, true that it was fake or that it was just crazy or it was a yeah it was uh, funny or and if i said the word cyborg people would always laugh now people m many don't laugh they have a <laughs> so they they, <laughs> they they take it seriously and they uh, have questions because before there were no questions it would be just or they would just say 20 years ago that it was weird that's weird that's strange or really this is, do you really need to do this what's the need what's the need and now the relationship that people have with technology has changed a lot in the last 20 years people so relate to technology uh, in a daily, not daily, hourly basis, they are always uh, with technology. So this is, has become something much closer to them. But how old were you uh, when you got this idea? 20. As a 20-year-old uh, young man, uh, you dreamed of an antenna in your head, totally seriously. And when you first told this to someone, what, what was the reaction then? Um, well, it was strange, which still is strange. I mean, there's, I thought, actually in 2004, I thought it, there would be many more people with new organs in 2009. I always thought 2009, 
there will be many cyborgs. But mm-hmm. then it was 2009, and then I said, well, in 2015, I'm sure there will be. That. It's still not. And then I started saying in the 20s. Now we are in the 20s, and it's still not very common to see people merging with technology. So I don't know. Maybe it's just an art movement that will be seen as an art movement that happened in the beginning of the 21st century and that some artists merged with technology to explore new senses as an art form and it won't become a social thing. It it will still be seen as something strange. I don't know. You were definitely before your time. What kind of thoughts do you have today? (laughs) Um, I can to- tell the listeners that you're really smiling now. So <laughs> you probably have some brilliant new experiments on 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 top of your head, <laughs> on top of your mind. Well, the the connecting our bodies with the blockchain is something that I'm exploring. What uh, having uh, <laughs> or our senses? How can our senses be connected to the blockchain? The blockchain is this internet that is very safe. Uh, also, how can we send our senses to space? Next month, I'm working with a, a, a team that will send a satellite to space. Um, and we want to send specific sensors there that will allow us to connect to our bodies in a more direct way. So how can we really expand our senses into the blockchain and to space? That's my my current aims. I'm blushing now, but I will say it anyway. So you can send your orgasm through the space to another human being that will feel the same that you felt. It this doesn't need to see. It doesn't need to be a human being. Um, for example, instead of sending someone to Mars, you just send, uh, let's say, a a robot with. Actually, you could print yourself. You just print a copy of yourself. Actually, in Mars, you can send a, a 3D printer. You don't need to send it. You just send a 3D printer in Mars. You send your DNA code to Mars. You 3D print yourself there. And then via Wi-Fi, via the Internet, you can actually connect from Earth. You connect your senses to this second you in space and sort then, of avatar yeah but actually a real body and then you can just be there you will feel that you are there if you have your sensory extensions there so you don't need travel this is more no. economical you just send the tr- 3d p- printer yes. and then if i feel alone you will print yourself as well and then we can play around it yes on on the moon <laughs> or whatever but but does this mean that if you print a body um with the printer the body still needs to be protected from radiation no because no? you can print it with other materials so you can be there and here at the same time dual realities how close are we to dual realities in reality not far because it's um just sending a 3d printer uh and then the sensors already exist so it's not it's not science fiction this is the 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 technology is exists uh, we just need someone that wants to to do it but could i uh, visit a hub on earth 
where I put myself maybe in a sofa or in a bed and do this experience yes. and, and then leave this hub or office and, and be myself again. Yes. You don't have to uh, exactly, yeah. uh, put something in your body or something like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. That would be very expensive tickets, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the first ones would be, but then it, it doesn't need to be. It's much, much cheaper than actually flying humans to space and trying to protect the humans in space when we don't really need to. Because if we go to space, what we want to do is sense space. But we, you don't need to go somewhere to sense it anymore. So, and it will be... It won't uh, be so um, damaging as well for, the, for our planet. So, Neil, would you say that, correct me if I'm wrong, if I conclude your philosophy, uh, you think we shouldn't focus so much to change the world, instead we should focus on change ourselves, is that correct? Yes, because that's what we've been doing for thousands of years, we've been designing the planet and changing the planet so that it adapts to us, whereas we should start thinking the opposite now. I think we should start designing ourselves and changing ourselves so that we adapt to Earth. Like uh, night vision. Mm, instead of using artificial light, we should have night vision so that we don't change the light of the planet at night. Uh, at night, Earth should be dark. And then we, if we want to see, we should change this and try to find ways of seeing without using light. A night vision would be a perfect solution. Or thermal re regulation, like ostriches, that they can regulate their own temperature. Uh, we should be able to do this as well. Instead of using heaters, air conditionings, instead of changing the temperature around us, we should change our own temperature. Mm -hmm. So I think these are the, the challenges we should f start facing, that we have to find ways of adapting our species to Earth. Uh, was this your childhood dream? Mm, no, I, my, I was always interested in nature and other species, but my, my dreams were not becoming a cyber. I had no idea what the word meant either. It all came naturally as an art exploration or exp experimenting sound and color. That's so you started, started. Edu you are educated in art, not in technology. Yeah, yeah, art and music. But in music we did technology because we did some experimental music and electronic music. Well, Neil, call me. Let's have some fun in space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thank you.